Hey, Elizabeth. Hi. What are you listening to this week? Welcome to season three of What Are You Listening To? The weekly podcast created to foster community through music by sharing the stories behind the songs that soundtrack our lives. Some of the songs are old, some are new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week we are traversing the sometimes long and bumpy road to redemption. I'm joined by Elizabeth Makatowicz. Elizabeth is an artist, fashion designer, author, and convicted felon. Just five short years ago, Elizabeth was painting murals as a federal inmate. Today, she's dedicated to sharing her story in hopes of helping others who are seeking a path to healing. We'll learn more about Elizabeth, the journey that got her here, and the songs that literally saved her and other inmates on her darkest days in solitary. Please join us as we discuss four songs that in one way or another at different times throughout life have played on repeat while we search for and navigate the road to redemption. With that, let's get started on our path towards redemption. Elizabeth, what are you listening to this week? <laughs> well, um, um, Devil Don't Cry by King810 and Masterpiece by Motionless in White. Oh, I feel like, you know, before we jump into actually digging into these songs and kind of the meaning behind them, I would love it if you could just tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself. Like, how did a woman with all of these things going that we just listed in the intro find herself in a federal prison not even, you know, six years ago? Well, um, I was in a very violent relationship in my early 20s, and he assaulted me to the point my skull was showing, and the brain damage was so bad, I'd get seizures, and I found out I was pregnant that day. They they pumped me full of opioids and then sent me to the pain clinic, and I tried to refuse, and I was like, I don't want this stuff, I'm pregnant, you know, all that. They told me I was on too small of a dose to get addicted, and um that because my blood pressure kept skyrocketing, rocketing, it was endangering my baby. And, you know, the fact that I was having seizures. So they, they threatened me with child protective services and, um, you know, the abuse got worse and everything got worse. Well, eventually I went to the battered women's shelter and they turned me away. They said my injuries were too extensive. Um, my situation was too dangerous and it put the other women in the shelter in danger. So, you know, drug dealers protected me after that. Like I had exhausted all of these other options and, you know, I just, there was no help out there. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and I finally caught drug charges in 2011 and, you know, <laughs> then the feds picked it up in 2013. I literally went to jail for the same drugs and the same bush twice. Wow. I, I ask you to share that just because I think that one of the most compelling things about your story is how it really could happen to anyone. Yeah. Right. You found yourself in an incredibly abusive relationship where you sustained horrible injuries, the medical society that we're taught to trust that, you know, took a Hippocratic oath to protect us as individuals, you know, put you on a path towards this pain medication that we now know led to not just you, but 
hundreds of thousands of people being addicted and having nowhere to turn. And like you said, you know, the drug dealers, the people on the street, the other people that had suffered perhaps similar situations as you ended up being your family, your protectors, when the the traditional safety nets that were taught are there for us didn't work out. Um, And so again, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think that's such a compelling part of of your story that it really could, that the story could easily be me. It could be my neighbor. It could be your neighbor. Like anybody um, is susceptible to this sort of thing. It's not like, oh, this is a really one-off kind of instance, you know? And I think as you um, shared sections of your book with me. And as you and I spoke, it really became abundantly clear to me that this is, I don't want to say it's the rule, not the exception, but I don't think I can even go so far as to say it's the exception, right? After having chatted with you. So yeah, 70% of women, you know, before that are in American prisons have some sort of domestic violence or sexual assault before they even go to prison. Like we are the women that slip through the cracks and, you know, our backs were against the wall. And, you know, if people's basic needs were met, you know, there wouldn't be such a high crime rate in this country. I agree. And, and sense of community and belonging, I think that's also something um, that people long for. And again, another kind of true north of the show is that's a hope of mine that this offers community, whether it's through music or song or shared story or similar experiences, whatever, that's the hope is that people are able to find their community, whatever that looks like. And today we're digging into some pretty like deep songs. We've got some that are hardcore, some that I'd never heard of. And we've got some that I like, I'm super happy to chat about a song in particular that I've been dying to bring to the show and never had the right opportunity. Um, But I'm really excited to get into your picks and sort of the story behind them. So please, if you don't mind again, um, tell me about your first pick, if you could introduce the song and the artist. Yeah. um, King 810, Devil Don't Cry. Um, I was on probation when I first heard them and um, I just fell right in love with their music and um when I went back on probation I would sing Devil Don't Cry in solitary and the other inmates I would wake up to the other inmates go you know screaming through the vents sing the crying devil song and you know it was just it turned into like a daily you know solo concert well and this is an interesting song right this is um King 8110 is there an American metal band from Flint, Michigan. Um, and this song is like, it's dramatic. It's dark. It's performative. It's delivery feels raw and honest. And one of the first things that I thought when I listened to it, this was a new band to me. It was a new song to me. Um, but I, I had to ask, it just begged the question, like, how could you listen to such dark music when you were already in such a dark place? Like how, tell me how that worked for you or how this song brought you and the other inmates solace. You know, I think, um, you know, just the lyrics are, you know, comforting and music helps you process your emotions. So, I mean, yes, it, it might be sad. It might be dark, you know, but you know, there's, you know, light at, at the end of it. And, you know, he wrote all of his songs, you know, on his first album while he was in solitary and he didn't have a pen. He didn't have a paper. He was just memorizing it. And, you know, I just, I thought that was so cool. And, um, yeah. And it was funny because two weeks before I went back to jail, um, 
for probation. I was wearing their stop snitching hoodie and I was trying to dodge my PO and the federal building was like right by my old house. And I was like, Oh, I have to go like 20 minutes out of my way if I want to like avoid the federal building. So I'm like walking. So I'm like quickly walking and I'm like, they're not, they're not going to see me. They're not going to see me. And the two marshals that brought me to court shackled up come walking out. And there I am with like these big, you know, stop snitching, you know, all over the front of my <laughs> sweatshirt. Yep. They were pissed, but you know, it's- <laughs> it just adds to the story. Well, and I think too, you know, like this song, it's one of the notes that I made was that it's so theatrical too. It almost reminded me of like a meatloaf song, right? <laughs> like there's so much like drama and it builds. And then it like, Three minutes and 30 seconds, it takes a dark turn, like where the lyrics are like like being softly whispered in front of like eerie music. It almost for me was like a trailer from a horror film, which like added to the layers of depth to the song. And um, I I wondered too, as I was listening, and again, the lyrics, uh, both songs, both of your picks, actually all four songs today are ones where I say like, go and check them out, like with the lyrics on or read the lyrics lyrics because they are so powerful. Um, And I I wonder if like the story of this song, did it allow you to escape at all? Did it make you homesick? Did it provide comfort? Like once you got into it, and like you said, you knew it inside and out to the point that you were singing it while in solitary and other inmates were asking you to sing it. Um, Why do you think it was this song that you kept coming back to? Um. I don't know, I guess because I've been demonized, you know, by society and, you know, I guess, you know, we, we all have been, if you've been to prison and, you know, some of us deserve it, um, but not mostly not to the extent that they treat us. And, you know, it was just one of those powerful songs that, you know, kind of takes you out. And then he talks about, you know, in a, in another, in another life will be king and queen. And, you know, there's yeah. just this, you know, dream of a different life and, you know, a different, you know, happy ending. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Again, this was such a powerful song from a band that I'm happy to know now. Um, and reading about them too is also interesting. Like, again, that's another thing that I love about this show and being exposed to music that I've not heard before. And then music that I have heard before, but that I'm able to see in a different perspective or in a different light because of somebody else's experience with the song. So again, love this song. So glad the listeners are going to have a chance um, to hear it. And also equally, um, interesting and powerful and um, worthy of of an episode of its own almost um, is your second pick. I love this song so much. Please again, like introduce um, introduce your second pick for us. I can't wait to talk about this yeah. one. Masterpiece by Motionless in White. And, you know, I went from painting murals as a federal inmate to, you know, having my own, you know, environmentally friendly brand and having art shows and all of that. And, you know, that song just kind of you like defined my life perfectly. And it's so funny because I didn't listen to them before I went to prison really. And that I went to see Rob Zombie and Five Finger Death Punch. And, you know, there was a whole bunch of bands. It was a music fest in Bangor and they opened. Yeah. Butcher Babies was there too. Um, 
yeah, they open and that was the last show that I saw before I went to prison. And then they came out with this you know, masterpiece of a song and it's just, yeah. It's such a good song. I, lyrically, it's beautiful. It's thoughtful. Um, there's a line in it. I'll, there are several lines in this that I love, but there's one in particular um, that I love. And I get like every time I listen to this song, I was like so excited for this lyric. I need to heal what I inflict, but I'll burn that bridge when I get to it. Yeah. I was like, ooh, yowzas. Like, how many times have so many of us? And again, you know, the theme for today's episode, as we mentioned in the beginning, is sort of redemption. And I know that's a big right. theme for you. Um, and then that's, that line from the song just came through, and I was like, wow. And because I feel like, at least for me, I'm often my own worst enemy when seeking redemption or like right. trying to get, you know, to the next level. So um, th that line just really like hit home for me. Um, and I believe too, the, um, I was lucky enough to receive the first chapter of your memoir that's coming soon um, that we will definitely shout out um, on all of our social whenever that's ready. I can't wait to read the rest of it. Um, but I believe in the book preview that you sent me, um, you talk about wanting to share this song with your daughter yeah. before you went to prison, but you knew that it was way too risky well, no. to try and see. It, they, they, they didn't come out with that song until after I got out of prison, but okay. I, once like, I found it, I sent it to her and it, actually my oh. sister sent it to me cause you know, she's a metalhead too. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, it like, reminded me of my kids, like me trying to like get my life back and, you know, just all of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, another line too that says, I confess these sins with a sharp and spiteful tongue. So how do I apologize and put the tears back in your eyes when every canvas that I paint is a masterpiece of my mistakes? I mean, whoo, if that one doesn't get you, then again, I think that you're you're not listening the right way because that's so like and and again too for it to be like a metal song, right? And to have these lyrics that are so powerful. Oftentimes I think people write metal off and especially like heavy metal death metal speed metal like some of the harder versions people write it off because they think like oh it's angry it's not for me it's too loud it's whatever when really i think that's who you turn to for some of these deep insightful lyrics right like the people right. that have the power to feel anger and express in such a in a way that is so like loud and bold and dark are going to be the ones that know how to sum up the opposite end of the spectrum as well, right? Like it stands to reason to me that you don't just know like one intensity of emotion. If you are in touch with intense emotions, you know them all up and down the spectrum. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Um, but, it, but like, and when you're listening to this song, like if you're worried that the song isn't going to be metal enough, just wait. And at like the two minute mark, you get like the full metal payoff, right? right. It involves like burning things just like you want when you want like a scream and break things song. That's what I call them. I'm like, I need a scream and break things song right now. <laughs> um, so you get a little bit of that in this really like beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah. I have like really bad PTSD. So like men even talking loud will like put me on edge and like get me to jump and I'll be ready to fight. And, you know, my friend's like, dude, you're so complicated. Like you love going to metal shows. That all it is is men screaming. And I'm like, yeah, I am complicated. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a rich dichotomy. 
right? What was that? <laughs> yeah, it keeps me calm. Like it's the best yeah. therapy. Like you, you know, for like a week after, like I'm just still pumped up off the music. Like it's better than you know any drug. It's done more for me than any therapy. And yeah. Same. I agree. And that's how I process as well is through music. So I completely, completely understand. I imagine that a song like this is great because you get to feel all of the emotions in one song, right? Like culpability, wanting to be better, anger over an unfair system, acceptance, regret, peace, loneliness, isolation. Like (laughs) it's literally all in this one song. And I'm curious, like when you're in a situation, you know, prison is obviously meant to be reflective. It's meant to, um, you know, rehabilitate people, make them functioning members of society, which as you and I have spoken about when we're not recording, (laughs) not doing a great job at that um, in a lot of people's minds that have actually been through the system. Um, But when you're in that situation, how much time do you spend like taking ownership over what you did versus just being really angry about a super broken system? Well, the system's not broken. It's doing exactly what it was designed to do. They bypassed slavery laws with mass incarceration. For example, a hospital saves $350,000 a year contracting their linen to be washed by inmates. This is about a free workforce. We have more prisons than we do colleges. And, you know, we make up 25% of the global incarceration population. That's because it's profitable. They are profiting off of American suffering. And, um, you know, it's very abusive in there. I mean, my first week at Somerset County, I witnessed an entire pot of women get stripped out because they signed up for a razor. And a male sergeant wanted a list of who shaved their vaginas and who didn't. You know, those that did were punished. And this was just for the women. Like, you know, it's a lot of sexual assault by the guards. It's a lot of violence. It's, you know, we went without water for three days during the hottest days of the year. You know, there's no climate control. Like in Texas, 60 inmates have roasted to death since June. Like this is what's happening. And so, you know, it's hard to feel bad about what you did when you're being abused. You know, your punishment is to be detained, not to be you know, sexually assaulted, not to be humiliated, not to be beaten, not to be any of that. You know, it's, and they claim it's rehabilitation. No, it's not. It's abuse. And, you know, you can't traumatize people and call it rehabilitation, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's, it's achieving the opposite of what the system is supposed to achieve. And I think that, yeah, treating people less than human um, is never, ever going to build back a better person, no. right? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. And so I love the way that you say that the system's not broken. It's doing exactly what it was designed to do. And it needs to be completely rewritten. We need to completely rethink how we handle that. Yeah. Um, and I hope that in my lifetime and for sure in my daughter's lifetime, lifetime that we see that happen because um, it really is. It's not serving anyone at this point. Um, and it's certainly not rehabilitating those that it's supposed to be. Um, well, and now for a moment of levity, as we uh, as we transfer out of some kind of dark subject matter, this was a moment that I had to take um, because I loved this in your book for so many reasons. Um, but as we transition to my picks, um, one of my songs on the road to redemption um, was a song called Renegade by Styx. 
So I love this song. I love sticks. There's not a whole lot you can say about right. sticks at this point that hasn't already been said. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about um, like certain songs serve as like a, a clapper board, you know, for moments large and small that make up a life and how songs hit differently based on where you are in life when you hear them. And this is kind of like a surreal, perfect example of that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We all know this song. We all know how it starts. You know, it's acapella with like a very faint kick drum in the background that kind of simulates a heartbeat that says, oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Like, take it from here. Like, tell me about, I know you know this song. I often <laughs> ask guests if they were familiar, but I chose this one because in your book, you talk about this moment where like strangely, like all summer you'd been listening to this song. You knew that there was going to be like a do or die moment when you had to yeah. talk to your mom and let her know what was going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like tell me, tell me, even though this is one of my picks, I chose it because of, um, because of the book chapter that you sent me. Yeah. So yes, please share from here. So my mom took me to my first concert in eighth grade and it was sticks, REO Speedwagon and Survivor. And, um, yes. yeah, like you said, I, I had found that song again. Like, you know, when you forget about a song and then like you hear about yeah. it and you're like, yeah, I love this. Well, I, been listening to it all summer and then when indictments dropped and me and my co-defendant were sitting there this song literally came on the radio like right after we found the article because like the marshals came and showed up looking for us and we were like dude what like we're not even doing anything anymore and like then it hit the papers about you know the drug raid and our 14 you know 14 people in our case and this song came on and i looked at my co-defendant i go they wrote this song about us like way before we were born, but they wrote this song about us. And her and I just looked at each other and just started bawling, like no, nothing gangster about it. Like not even going to try and front that because you know, you're when the feds are coming for you, like it's, it's serious and it's scary. Right. Yeah. If you don't mind, I would love to um, kind of share an excerpt from the book. Is it okay no, if I read a little it. bit about this section? Um, you said, after somewhat getting myself together, I decided it was time to grow a pair and deal with this new soundtrack that was my life and call my mother and tell her. I knew it would crush her. Then it dawned on me how she had taken me to my first concert, Sticks, REO Speedwagon and Survivor in eighth grade, right here at the Banger Auditorium. And I just feel like, like, wow, as a mom, as a daughter, I can only imagine like the pain and hope for redemption in a moment like this, right? How did your mom respond? Was she, was she loving? Did yeah, she? They were really supportive and, you know, they understood that these were not new charges. Like I had already served a sentence for right. this and, but the feds picked it up and said it was different, two different jurisdictions. And, you know, I'm going, this is going to be way longer than the, than, than the state bit, you know? And yeah. like, so she was like, I, I, she's like, well, where are you? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you that like on the phone. And, right. um, yeah, it was, you know, I, and I was like trying to comfort her. I was like, it's going to be okay. Like, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Like, I, I don't want you to worry about me. Like I, I got this. Oh. So, I mean, heartbreaking. It's just one of those moments, again, like so many in reading that chapter where I, it just, 
like literally like flip the script, right? Like what you think you know about a person and then they drop a piece of information on you and you're like, oh, wait. And again, it goes back to the way we kind of subhumanize people that have a criminal record. Like yeah. you're a daughter, you're a mom, you have all of these relationships just like the rest of us. And yeah. what does that mean for you to be pulled out of those people's lives and your own for a certain amount of time? I've had women in this country tell me, if you don't want to get raped by cops, then don't go to prison. That is the attitude. Mm -hmm. And you know, this rape culture and misogyny that is so bad in this country, like that is what people think. Like they literally think certain groups of women, it's okay to abuse them. You know, yeah, and it, that that's terrible. That that's not what no woman deserves. That like, it, well, and it's not what civilized like civilized societies do, no. right? Civilized societies value every person in that society, and so until we do that. I don't think we can call ourselves fully civilized, right? right? I mean, I don't think that's a bridge too far. I think it's basic, you know, time's up. We'll leave, we'll leave that there, right? Time's up. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, your story too, for sure, offered a new perspective on a song that I've been listening to for over 40 years now. Like, again, talk about turning me around and like stopping me in my tracks with a song that I know and love and have since I was a kid, like, I'll never hear it the same now. I never will. And and that's a good thing, right? It's a good thing because my eyes have been opened in addition to my ears. Like I have a new story to go along with this. Um, and then for my final pick, this is a song that I've wanted to include by a band I've wanted to include for a really long time. And um, this seemed like the perfect week once again because of your inspiration. Um, this is a song called My Backwards Walk by Frightened Rabbit. So Frightened Rabbits, a Scottish band um, that I actually discovered through another podcast that was about this band and its front man, a guy named Scott Hutchison. Um, he had a lot of mental health struggles, but also made this like really deep, dark, moody, thoughtful, incredible music um, while he was alive with Frightened Rabbit. Um, and Frightened Rabbit, I also learned, were also almost like a like a Nick Drake. Like I remember in the 90s, like a lot of the bands that I love were referencing this guy, Nick Drake, Nick Drake. And he was sort of this unknown person that was responsible for influencing loads of my favorite bands. And after digging around a little bit, Frightened Rabbit is that way a lot for some of today's most popular artists, like Aaron uh, Dresner of the National loves them, Julian Baker from her solo career, and Boy Genius, you know, loves Frightened Rabbit. So as I got into it a little bit, um, I just like, I loved like the aching in the lyrics and the mood of their music. And this song was an immediate standout for me. It's just like an anthem for like wanting a do-over or knowing you need to get out of a situation, but you just can't. Um, it just does such a good job of stirring that emotion that it's actually a really hard song for me to listen to. Um, that's why I was curious, you know, for you, some of those songs that really like get into the soul are, are a harder listen than yeah. the fun ones. Um, and then learning that, you know, Rabbit was kind of the nickname of yours yeah. from the book. I was like, this is the time. This is when I have to include this song. Um, was this a song or a band that you knew? What did, what did you think of the song? I liked it a lot. Um, I had never heard of them before. Um, but yeah, I know what you're talking about because Slipknot um, is like my all-time favorite band. And when I was in yep. prison, I could not listen to snuff. 
it would just destroy me on mm. every level. Like I, I just couldn't do it. And, you know, before I went to prison, I listened to that on repeat, but it was just yeah. too, you know, it was too deep. And, you know, I just couldn't go there in prison because, you know, it's like holding up a dam. Like you, you crack that and it's going to, it's all coming out. Like when you're bottling up emotions yeah. and, you know, you're stuffing it down and, you know, you're trying to be, you know, tough and hard because you're in an environment where it's not safe for you to show your emotions like at all. So, right. I imagine vulnerability is not looked on as a skill set you want to bring to prison. No. <laughs> Well, and I think too, that's why like, again, it's kind of the rawness of a song like this. It starts out by saying, I'm working on my backwards walk, walking with no shoes or socks. And when the time rewinds to the end of May, I wish we'd never met, then met today. Right. And I'm like, if that doesn't like intrigue you to dig into the rest of the lyrics of the song, then like, I don't know what will, right? Like it, it just, um, I think that there's nobody that doesn't think or wish that they could go back and make a different choice in any given moment, right? Like that would solve all redemption issues. <laughs> if We could just go back. Like, do you ever think about that? Or was that something that you thought about whenever you were in prison? Or like I like you were saying, like, is it such like a just a struggle day to day to survive and get to the next day that you don't spend a lot of time thinking about what you would have done differently? You're thinking about how am I going to make it through the next 12, five, two hours? I mean, you get into a routine and you kind of like, learn to block certain emotions out. Um, but yeah, like before I got sentenced, yeah, I was like, yeah, I should have done this differently. I should have done that differently. You know, you live in a lot of regret and hindsight's twenty twenty, and you literally have time, nothing but time to go over every single one of your mistakes. And, you know, like I wouldn't trade a lot of it because if I, if I did, then I wouldn't have my son. And yeah, I wouldn't trade him for anything. And, you know, without that happening to me, like I without being in that relationship, I wouldn't have him. So. Wow. Yeah. I think that, um, I, I think that this song kind of is a nice cap to the conversation. Um, because like all of the songs on this playlist, um, I think that it offers a look at redemption through various lenses, right? You're able and various people's experience. I think you get really different perspectives yet. It all leads you to the same place of like wanting the second chance or wanting things to be better or wanting to do something over or wanting to do what you know you need to do. Like all of the things that lead to, um, that lead us down a path of hopefully at some point, you know, obtaining whatever redemption means for us, yeah. like getting it. <laughs> Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for sharing what you're listening to this week and for being so open and honest about your journey. It is truly eye-opening and inspiring. And I'm so grateful that you also brought some totally new music to the show. <laughs> we did a metal episode, but it was mainly like older songs. Right. And so I was happy to like get into some new stuff that, um, that I wasn't familiar with. Um, and I have two younger brothers, one of which was a pretty big metal head growing up. So I knew a lot of the bands that you referenced um, throughout the chapter that I read, um, but these two were new for me. So I was really excited to, to have them on the show. For our listeners out there to learn more about Elizabeth and her environmentally friendly clothing line, EPM, you can visit her website at legalerista.com. 
com and that's Elizabeth Nakodawitz. So you, I will spell that out for you. Yeah. You, oh, you have to put um, the added on like with my name at the end, because if you just put like galleries in, it'll take you to their main website and they have all kinds of artists like me that have, you know, their own clothing line. So, you know, after it's com, it's slash en slash Elizabeth dot Makotowicz. So, but wait, if- I'm gonna actually, oh, I'm going to spell that out for everyone so that they have it. <laughs> So it's www.legalerist.com slash E-N slash E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H dot M-I-K-O-T-O-W-I-C-Z. That way, that was a lot of consonants that we just threw their way. Um, also this season, we have a new way to connect with our listeners. You can call text or leave us a Google voice message at 512-900-9169. There you can share your thoughts, suggestions, and love. You may also be featured on an upcoming episode of the show. As always, please be sure to follow, download, and share this show. And if you love listening, please drop a review on Apple or Spotify for us. Last but not least, to stay informed on all things Super Awesome Mix and what are you listening to, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Super Awesome Mix. Thanks for listening, and please join me again next week to find your new favorite song. <laughs>